Awesome. Well, he is handsome. He's very handsome in the spirit. Amen. <laughs> and that's what's needed to build a, a good, strong local church. And with all the, um, the challenges and um, apostolic calling on this house, um, apostolic and prophetic calling, a calling to be a sending church. So it needs um, men and women in the spirit that are strong, that have an identity, that um, are able to um, navigate and, and carve the way um, <clears throat> for this generation and for the next generation. Amen. And so it needs a strength and it needs a grace. So just quickly, I have two books available, which um, uh, the one is online, but this is a, a little book on faith, patience, and personal prophecy. Uh, if you've received a prophetic word and it's never come to pass, perhaps there are things that you don't understand how to cooperate with the word. And so these are basic principles on how to cooperate with the word. Um, you can order that. The books are still at um, uh, Gateway West, but um, they are available. And then this is one of the bestsellers that I wrote, um, Why Fast? This book's also online. Um, and I, t I give many examples here of even parents who have problems. Uh, there's a girl who got, um, was divorced. Her, her um, child was giving her terrible problems at school. And they wanted to ask the boy to leave. And God spoke to the mother about fasting for the child. He just um, he was failing all his grades. And, and at the end of the year, he became top of his class. Incredible. And this boy is in ministry today is a youth pastor. He's doing incredible things and many testimonies of um, what God has done through prayer and fasting. And, and I tell all the single ladies, um, well, I'd like to say against the family, there's a real attack on the family to keep the family broken and to prevent the family from really being what God has called it to be. And so um, fasting will bring families together and, and for many years, there was a curse on my family line in terms of meeting my husband, and God spoke to me about going on two 40-day fasts, and, and how he brought my husband to me. And, and fasting is not just about giving up food. One day, God spoke to me and said, um, fasting is about sacrificing the flesh, and what, what feeds your flesh the most? So we live in an age of television. We live in an age of internet. And um, I'm connected in government in my country. And I have to regularly, regularly be on the internet. Three, four times a day, I'm looking at all the news. I'm looking at Twitter. I'm you know, looking at Facebook, Instagram. What is happening in our nation? And it can easily become something that feeds your flesh. So God would speak to me and say, I want you to go on a Daniel fast, but I want you to give up this internet three times a day and only look at it once a day and only look at the news at a certain time of day. And this has been challenging for me in my flesh because it's anything that feeds your flesh. And so many times God wants to take us into a season of fasting and prayer when he's about to do a new thing. At the moment, um, uh, I'm working with a, a particular politician in our nation, and he's a wonderful man of God that could affect the future of our nation and um, the political um, landscape and the way things are done. 
And so um, we have gone into a season of fasting and prayer for him that he'd make the right decision because the nation is at stake. So um, God does great, great things. And I want to encourage you, um, you know, for, the family is under attack today. Churches are under attack. Um, people backslide. Children are under attack. You know, this whole gender um, equality bill and everything that you're facing here as a nation. You know, when I was listening to um, just before... Uh, Boris Johnson was elected. I was listening to um, the, the, um, the guy who's running with him. I forget his name against him, should I say. And, and this gentleman was saying, well, my nine-year-old son came to me today and said, Daddy, um, we have a boy in our class um, that doesn't know whether he's a boy or girl. And he said, well, how can, what must I do about this? And, and, um, and so this this gentleman who was running, um, he said, well, I've told my son that that's just quite normal and you have to handle that and you have to work with that. And, and uh, that have such a lack of understanding of these things and laws that are passed. Can you imagine the next generation um, uh, youth that we are producing? And so the church really has to rise up and, and has to take this back in the spirit. And so if these are the things that your children are dealing with and the, the, your grandchildren, then God is asking you to fast for their future asking you to fast, that they would, um, you know, be men and women that would be raised up as leaders, future leaders that could um, be used in the direction of um, uh, the nation for the next generation. So um, my message today, and I'm going to just be uh, speaking about um, what I spoke in, in Gateway West, and, and that's the condition of the heart. And, and um, <clears throat> it says in Ephesians 4 verse 16 that we are a body, and every joint must supply. And so we have different joints here today. The Bible says that the hand cannot say to the arm, I have no need of you. The foot cannot say to the leg, I have no need of you. Or I don't want to um, associate with you because you don't look the same as me. You don't think the same as me. Um, um, we, we are not meant to be together in the same body. And, and when we um, hear this kind of talk, um, when we hear this um, people um, rejecting and we, um, we come under the influence of, of broken relationships, um, it's very often because there's a problem with the heart, okay? And um, <clears throat> there was a, a great songwriter. He was connected to Hillsong, um, I think it was about 30 years ago. And he began to write songs in the early days of Hillsong that we still sing today. And um, he he, came, he went to Brian Houston one day and he said to Brian, um, I feel that um, I've become bigger than the local church. I feel that um, my songs are worldwide and that I actually don't need um, Hillsong any longer. I want to go on my own. And, and um, he said, my songs are too big for this church, etc. And so Brian very reluctantly released him, 
and said to him, you can go if that's what you feel God is telling you to, to do. And um, that, at the time, um, gave way and um, made an entrance for Darlene Check to come on the scene, and we've all been influenced by her music. And um, she, uh, the Hillsong Conference was coming up, and, and she had written the song Shout to the Lord. And so she came to Brian Houston, and she said to him, I have this song, and I'm prepared to sing it at the conference. And I'm prepared to um, just stand in the gap where there is no worship leader. And God obviously used this song to open the doors for her to be able to um, do what she has done and is continuing to do. And so the long and the short of it is that this young man, um, he backslid and he no longer writes songs. He's nowhere in the Christian world. And... um, This is all because of um, the condition of his heart. You see, um, the scripture says in in, um, Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, it says, keep your heart with all diligence because out of it flow the issues of life. And that word issue in the original Hebrew is the word boundary. Keep your heart um, for out of it flow the boundaries of life. And so... um, the problem with this young man is that the boundaries of his heart had become influenced. Um, and so there are many influences around us today that um, break the boundaries of our hearts. You know, um, a man and a woman in their commitment to marriage, um, uh, adultery, um, pornography, um, sexual um, perversion and influences attack the boundaries of the heart because um, no one gets married with the thought of ever getting divorced. On our wedding day, just think about that. So many years ago, for some of you, um, others quite new, you made that commitment to one another, not ever thinking about divorce one day. And so we are faced with situations in our lives where the boundaries of our heart, the emotional boundaries of our heart are influenced by all these these, um, things that are taking place in the world today. And so um, what happens in local churches many times is that the boundaries of our hearts become affected by what others are saying. The boundaries of our hearts become affected. And so instead of every joint supplying, okay, we decide, well, I'm not part of this this worship team, or I'm not going to be part of the children's work, or I'm not going to be part of, of um, the car park ministry or the hospitality ministry because the joints aren't supplying properly. And it all starts with what's in the heart. And so um, this is why um, the writer here says, guard your heart, protect your heart. The Bible says in, in Proverbs that um, God changes the course of our heart. In Psalm 16, 7, the heart instructs us in the night seasons. Now, have you ever lain on your bed at night and you are, are maybe one of those joints that aren't supplying the local church properly? And you're lying in your bed and your heart is being affected and you're thinking of, well, you know, the pastor never spoke to me today or um, my seat was taken by somebody else. And, you know, this church 
only talks about money and, and what about the children's work? My children aren't being taught properly. And, and, and so this is the beginning of the boundaries of the heart being violated where God has um, given us our heart to protect us, to protect what he wants to do in and through us in and through our relationships, in and through our marriages, in and through our commitment to the local church. So this is the problem um, in society today that the enemy comes and attacks the heart. And, and our heart becomes blinded. It, um, we lose the power of understanding. I was saying earlier, um, we have a, um, a, a South Africa has produced a great lady in the world today um, by Caroline, the name of Caroline Neef, Dr. Caroline Neef, you might have heard of her. And she was saying that the problem with communication is that when we are listening to one another, we are not listening through the power of understanding. We are listening only to hear from our side. So now if my brother or my sister comes to me and, and tells me, well, you know, I have a problem, let's say, with Jana Brand Hollis, and she's this and this and that. Um, am I listening to hear through the power of understanding what's behind what she's saying, or am I listening to her criticism? And this is a skill that in the church we really need to develop. The power of understanding. This is a skill in our marriage relationships, in um, our relationships with our children. I remember um, growing up, and I was always um, a very um, stubborn, strong-willed child. <laughs> and my parents had, yeah, I'm a, I believe I'm a good leader. <laughs> uh, my husband will tell you, well, I still have problems with her. <laughs> But we are we are strong-willed, both of us, so we have to really practice this. Um, but my parents would say, well, you won't do that, and you will not do that. And I would say to them, why? And they would say, you won't do it because I tell you you won't do it. And we are um, raising up a generation today that, are far, that have a far, there's a, a far greater um, um, a, a, a manifestation in the world today of rebellion and anarchy. So we're raising up this generation that are far more attacked than what we were so many years ago. And so for a parent to say, you won't do it because I say so, is really you're not going to get too far. But <laughs> when the child says, why can't I do it? It's very important to here, through the power of understanding, what is he saying to you? If he's a strong-willed child, well, why can't I do it? I need to have understanding of why I can't do it. Everybody understand that? Okay. So um, this is the problem in the church as well, that um, when our leaders um, perhaps begin to um, cast vision or our leaders um, begin to require a little bit more commitment from us or our leaders are asking us to stand in situations uh, that we perhaps don't want to, um, instead of allowing the boundaries of our heart to be formed and to shape 
and to really grow and to um, be flexible, we allow those boundaries to be infiltrated. And so this breaks down relationship. Now, there's certain um, keys here in Hebrews chapter 3, verse 8. And, and um, the writer here, which is um, believed to have been Paul, I'm not too sure, but um, they say, it says, do not harden your heart as in the day of rebellion. You know, I look at these mass protests over the world today, um, London today, you know, these guys are being paid 400 pounds to protest on the streets of London. And this shows me, do not harden your heart as in the day of rebellion. We are living in a day of rebellion. We're living in a day of anarchy. And so it's so easy for us as believers to harden our hearts. It's so easy for us to allow the prevailing spirit in the world today to attack our hearts. And so what happens, there's certain fruits that um, take place um, in our hearts when um, we allow this rebellion to infiltrate. It says in verse 7, it says, they go astray and they lose their way. You see, we go astray in our heart first. Everything starts with the heart. We go astray in our heart first. And so this is why it's so important that daily we have to commit our hearts to God. We have to commit our heart in connection with this local work to God. We have to commit our hearts in connection with our leaders to God. We have to commit our heart in connection with our husband and wife in our marriage, in our family, to God. We have to commit our hearts in connection with our children to God. Even um, <clears throat> in connection with the boss that we don't like at work. <laughs> because, you see, God is testing our hearts. And, and in testing our hearts, we have the, the um, because we're flesh and because we're human, we have the tendency to go astray without us even realizing it. Now, when we've gone astray, it says in verse 11, Hebrews 3, it says, they will not enter my rest. And so instead of um, flowing and, and every joint supplying, okay, out of a place of rest and peace, that rest and peace is no longer being transgressed. So when a joint is out of um, 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 order in our bodies, we feel it in our body. <laughs> when your big toe is not working, your balance is affected. When your hearing is out of joint, your balance is affected. So just like the, the human body, we feel it in the spirit as well. And, and God is giving us um, a very simple, simple um, example here. And he's saying, allow me to navigate the condition of the heart. Okay? And so instead of there being rest in the body, the body begins to work against itself. 
It's the same in the church. Instead of there being rest in the children's um, leadership or instead of there being rest in the prayer, the leadership of the prayer, they're working, the body is working against itself. Why? Because of the condition of the heart. And so this is a real test for us in this day. And this is a test for us in terms of where God is taking gateway to. Because I prophesied earlier that God is really taking this house into a new season. You know, this church has an apostolic and prophetic call um, to be a sending church. It has a church um, a, a call to plant churches even in other cities and even in other countries. Okay? And so what it needs is men and women that hearts are connected, not just through membership alone. Because you can be a member of a church and only visit the church at Christmas and Easter. <laughs> but your heart is never there. And this is a real problem. And then what happens is very often people come because they have a, their name written down on the registry and they make the demands on the local church that others whose hearts are connected here have access to, whereas if your heart isn't connected in the spirit, you actually cannot make those demands. You see, one cannot expect the same level of commitment from the leadership towards you as, a, uh, as one whose heart is in the local church to those that are only here Christmas and Easter time and weddings and funerals. <laughs> okay. All right. So um, it says in, in um, uh, Hebrews that they go astray. Now, why do they, they go astray? Because they're blinded. It says in verse 10, it says they miss God, they have not known. You see, they cannot hear God because their hearts are hardened. You see, if a man or a woman's heart is hardened in, his, in the marriage, um, he'll never hear the cries of his wife. Very, very important thing, okay? You know, um, a man will say, well, she's just complaining again, you know? Um, or women will say, oh, my husband's this, this, and this, okay? And um, it's because we, we haven't the power of understanding, okay? So God is the connector of the heart. And then... Um, it says, they will not enter my rest. And verse 12, it says, they depart from the living God. That's, the, the, that's when the final disconnection comes. You disconnect from one another. You disconnect from the local church. You, you say, well, I'm going to leave this church. I'm going to go to the next church, and, and I'll slot in there. No, actually what's happened is you've left with the boundaries of your heart being influenced, and you take those broken boundaries to the next house, and the same thing happens again. I, um, I was raised in a Pentecostal, well, when I got baptized in the Holy Spirit, I went to the Assemblies of God Church, and um, 
And we had a wonderful pastor there. He was a real evangelist. He really wasn't a pastor. He, he was an evangelist. So if you had any emotional issues, he would tell you to get saved again, you know. <laughs> but he was a really great man of God. And he had four daughters. And his, his older daughter was an incredible, incredible um, worship leader. And because of um, being in the wrong place and many things that happened in church, she backslid and um, she went into her life. And we lost contact um, for a long time. And, and just last year, I received a call from her, and I haven't heard from her for about 20 years. And she said, I'm phoning you to make right with you. I'm phoning you because many years ago you offended me. And many years ago... Um, and I mean, I said to her, well, I apologize. I can't even remember that, you know. Um, and she said, God has been saying to me, I need to reconnect with all those that offended me. Because I've been in the wilderness. I disconnected from God. I've moved away. And I've lived out of the, the instead of, um, you know, living from the blessing of God, I've been living on the crumbs, amen. And so this was a real challenge for her, and I had to admire her. And today, God is restoring her in an incredible way because she's reconnected. Her heart, it began in the heart. You see, we can reconnect with one another by the mouth, but the heart might not be in it. And so um, offense and, and unforgiveness starts with the heart. And we have to ask God, God, come and heal my heart today. And this is what happened with this young lady. God has had to heal her heart. He's had to affect it. Um, her, her worship ministry is starting to take off again. Um, just a few more steps. Um, let's have a look at steps to the hard heart. Okay. Point number one, and these are basic principles we can apply in all relationships. First of all, the walls go up and people start to detach emotionally. Okay. Belonging to a local church is not just about giving your money. <laughs> Belonging to a local church is body, soul, and spirit invested here. You know, I have to invest. Um, our church died in the week, and, and my husband and well, not so much me, but he complained. And he says, why can't they start at half past now? <laughs> so I, t I, I tell him, do you think the whole church is going to change just for you at 9 o'clock? And, and um, we, we, we prepare on, you know, Saturday night, and he has to have a certain amount of time before he gets ready and things like that. So he really has to wake up early and, and whatever. And, and I, I say to him, just... Be involved emotionally in the church. Make that commitment emotionally that you are going to be there at 9 o'clock, okay? And it's becoming easier and easier for him. <laughs> the second thing is we become very critical. And, and, you know, many times we join, and this is a new church. We want to be part of it, and we give our body, soul, and spirit here. And then things go wrong. The boundaries of our heart are influenced and what comes out of our mouth? See, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Well, I'm not seeing things the way I saw them two years ago or a year ago. Okay, And then thirdly, we get to the place where we draw others 
around who will hear our cause. Well, do you know that that church, um, the pastor hasn't visited me, and um, they speak too much about money, and nine o'clock, and, and we begin to, you know, do telephone ministry. <laughs> and we wonder why our BT accounts are so high. We ask our children, yes, you've been on the phone so much this month. And, but meanwhile, it's our, our telephone ministry. So we draw others around who hear our cause. But let me say to you today that a true friend is a friend of your destiny. And he will tell you what you need to hear. And we need to welcome those kind of relationships. Um, we, we nurture and we hold issues. And... and um, nurturing issues in our heart is like a terrorism terrorist with an AK-47 gun because he'll just attack anyone. And that's how it is with the heart. When the heart is wrong, we speak like a terrorist. Um, point four, there's like a cooling towards common goals. Well, we're going to have a camp this weekend, or we're going to have a um, prayer and fasting season, or we are going to have a financial drive because we need to um, provide for the social services, and, and, and so people cool off. No, I'm not going to be part of that. The joint is not supplying, okay? What inspired you before no longer supply, supply, inspires you. And what was your dream before is no longer a dream. Point five, we become obsessed with self. You see, I have to continuously remind myself I die daily. Um, I've been very busy this year. Um, unlike Europe, our, our um, holiday season is at the end of um, November. It begins in December. And so my work begins in September. I'm very busy for the last quarter of the year. But that means I have to work very hard the previous months. And every time I think of traveling abroad, I still have another two um, uh, uh, countries to visit before December. I think, wow, Lord, I'd rather be at my swimming pool suntanning. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I have to die to that, literally, because the enemy comes and he puts these thoughts, and yesterday my husband sent me this, this WhatsApp picture of the lovely pool saying it's 28 degrees. <laughs> and, but I'm more, you know, my, my, um, my uh, satisfaction and it comes from investing into the kingdom of God. So instead of being obsessed with self, um, point six, small things become major. Ever found that in a marriage? Small things become major. <laughs> Small things with the children become major. We cut, point seven, we cut ourselves off and we isolate those who disapprove of us and our choices. And you see, we, we harden our hearts. And that's the point where the enemy's got a control of our heart and we no longer want to be part of, of what God is doing. Amen. And Unfortunately, the enemy's got a control of the way we see things. And this is why Paul says in Ephesians, I pray that your, in Thessalonians, I pray that your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless. And he says, I pray in Ephesians 1.17 that the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened. 
God, open my eyes, my spiritual eyes, to see what God is doing in this house today. Open my spiritual eyes to see the great thing that God is doing with Gateway. Open my eyes to see the great leaders that are, are, are in Gateway Ministries. Open my eyes to see the, the, the many churches that will be planted out of Gateway. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord. Could I just have the gentleman to play the, the um, keyboard, if that's possible? Thank you. So I'm just going to take a little bit longer um, just to prophesy. So here your heart will be tested again. <laughs> I know you usually finish at half past 12, but... Father, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, that um, you love this church. Father, you love each one here, Lord. Father, you love what you are doing in this house, Lord. Father, you love this, this community, Lord. And I thank you today, God, that you would just come and that you would minister to people's hearts today. I thank you for your grace, Lord. We are favor, Lord. It's a, it's a gateway um, to bring healing. It's a gateway to bring deliverance, Lord. It's a gateway to speak even to the, the, the city council. It's a gateway, Lord, um, for um, um, education. It's, 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 um, it's not just by chance that the, the Lord has got you in this, this school. Um, it's not just by chance. There's something very prophetic about it. And God wants to connect educators um, even in this house, amen. And, 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 and Lord, we just thank you going forward. We thank you, Lord. And, and so God is just speaking to you today. Um, and he's saying, won't you realign your heart to what he's doing in this house, amen. And he says to you today, the gift will make room for you. The gift, ask him, um, God, create opportunity for me. Let the gift make room for me. Let the gift make room. Let the gift make room. Um, the gift will make room in terms of hospitality. The gift will make room in terms of children. The gift will make room in terms of the prophetic. The gift will make room even in terms of music. I see um, uh, more than one uh, worship team here. Uh, the gift will make room in terms of the youth. Amen. There's leaders in this house um, that God wants to raise up a, an, a leader to be trained um, so um, Al and his wife can um, concentrate on um, the other things that God has got for them. Amen. There's a leader here that needs you. God has been speaking to you. You you need to come and be involved with the youth. And, and, and Lord, I just thank you. Thank you, God. Father, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you for your grace. And, and Lord, I just thank you for this house.